and welcome to another episode of the Debutante Report. Once again, my name is Michael Lung and I'm back to talk about week six of Australian Survivor, Brains versus Brawn. And this week, for some reason, seemed like the week that everyone wanted to make a move. <laughs> seemed like alliances didn't exist anymore and people just flipping back and forth either way. Made for a really exciting week, actually. So super excited to dive right into it once again this week. And with me to break it all down is another special guest, my mate Noah. Noah, how are you going, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Excited to be here and excited to break down what I thought was an awesome week of Survivor. Awesome. Noah, that's great to hear, mate. <laughs> like we do with all our special guests, we'd like to get to know them a bit better and their Survivor background. So first question for you, Noah, what is your Survivor background? How did you get into the show? Well, um, my dad used to always love Survivor and we kind of always had an idea of watching it and it was midway through season two, the episode where uh, Luke created his little spy shack and we all just loved it and we've been watching it ever since. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds really great. And Luke's always been a great player. I think like many of our guests have said that Luke's been an influence as to why they enjoy the show. But yeah, second question. I think I already know the answer to this, but I'll ask it anyway. Who is your favourite Survivor player of all time? Uh, it has always been and always will be Luke. Luke Toki, I just, I love him so much and he's so cool to watch. Not going to lie, I kind of expected that. <laughs> awesome. Next question, yeah. what is your favourite blindside of all time? That's hard because I think every blindside's a good blindside, but I especially enjoyed the one on David back in season three, I think. I thought that was awesome. It got rid of a power player. Um, and I really enjoyed the one this week on Gerald as well. I thought that was well orchestrated and very entertaining to watch. Yeah, for sure. I think a couple of people have said David season four blindside already. So yeah, it's been a bit popular. And yeah, of course, we'll get into Gerald's blindside this week. But yeah, that was definitely a big vote. And yeah, just getting your thoughts on the season so far, obviously in the back end. And we've seen a lot of gameplay so far this season. What have been your thoughts of it? And what kind of players have stood out to you? Um, I think it's been really good. Um, in terms of players that stood out to me, obviously, George, he's been a big standout. Um, but I think there's a lot of little things going on, like things with Wei, who's managed to just keep going, even though she was on the chopping block. And just a lot of players are standing out for individual reasons. And I think it's all been really awesome. Yeah, that's good to hear. I've heard it's been quite a hit with some fans out in the super fan universe out there. Um, let's dive into it, shall we? With episode one this week, we saw Gerald go home in a five to four to zero vote. Not exactly a clean plurality, but I'm going to call it a plurality because it was close enough. Um, yeah, there was a bit going on in this episode. We'll go straight to the top, actually. We saw Haley win her way back in from Redemption Rock. She comes back into the game and as I'm watching this episode, I'm thinking that Haley's going to be next one on the block. Like surely no one's going to want to trust her. No one's, no one was going to want to keep her around for too long. Seemed a bit of like a social pariah. And yeah, it just seemed like she was just on her way out as soon as she came back into the game. But that's not exactly what happened. Uh, we'll get into what happened a bit later. But what do you think of Haley's position? Yeah, what did you think when she returned? I thought, I was thinking the same of you. I thought it was going to be pretty straightforward. I thought Haley was going to go home. I thought Haley actually played it very well. I think she managed to especially appeal to Andrew and managed to just slowly reintegrate, 
May, she almost partially played the victim, but also made it look like she'd done all the dirty work. And I think she played her relations really well to not try to go back to the top. And I thought it was really smart by her just to put herself on the bottom and rebuild the relationships, especially with both tribes. Yeah, I feel like that was a good way of her integrating herself back into the tribe. Obviously, um, she's going to be in a bit of damage control and not going to want to, I guess, upset the apple cart too much, rather form those bonds and kind of go back to lying low as she did earlier in the season, which she did really well. And as we see this week, she managed to hide herself quite well from a lot of the other threats. But yeah, we get to the reward challenge and we see Danny, Way, Gerald, Flick and Laura end up winning reward. And Danny, for some reason, wants to concoct a plan about blindsiding Emmett. Now, obviously rewards in the past we've seen have been quite good ways for alliances to form famously the champagne alliance from season two i'm sure that was a big one but yeah i don't know if this was the best move for danny like what do you think from what do you think about her creating this move noah i think you know you've you always want to try get rid of the physical threats when you can but i thought danny almost didn't have the right people i think flick and gerald were the wrong people to try and pull over and I think they were too tight with Emmett for that to ever work. And I also thought it was a little early to be trying to break up alliances and pull out really good moves just yet. Yeah, there's definitely a few perspectives to look at this from. I think, well, Gerald and Flick seem to be the only people that Danny is really with. I mean, she would have trusted them quite well, especially after Chelsea um, got medevaced. She doesn't really have her number one ally anymore. Yeah, I also think it was a bit early. I think it was a bit early to be targeting Emmett I feel like she really should have tried to solidify her alliances a bit more rather than go straight for, I guess, someone who is definitely a physical threat, but someone who's there as a shield for her in the short term, actually. So yeah, Danny decides to target Emmett and Flick, <laughs> and Flick doesn't seem to be the one um, who is on board with Danny's plan. So it seems a bit like Danny's plan's got a few holes in it at the moment. So we get back to camp and Flick decides to spill the beans to Emmett that Danny's targeting him. So we had that really great scene, I think, in this episode where Danny and Emmett were talking to each other and both of them thought that Haley was the easy target, but I think both of them saw in each other that that wasn't the real target that they were going for. I found that pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty funny. Yeah. So yeah, well, let's go to the let's go to the Brains Alliance perspective because currently what seemed to be the minority in Way, Andrew, Haley, and Laura now seem to be in a bit of a, a powerful position in that they can either side with Danny and vote out Emmett or Emmett to vote out Danny. Um, do you think they should have voted out Emmett or Danny in this situation, Noel? No, I think what they did was right, especially um, with the vote. But I just thought it was a bit of a mess up from Braun altogether. They handed power back to the brains. And whilst they, like, they have trust in George, I think you have to be able to see that coming. And ultimately, I think Brains did end up playing it right. Yeah, for sure. Definitely agree with you on that on the Brawn's perspective. I think they made their move a bit early. I think rather they should have tried to get rid of a bit more, a bit of their Brains alliance first before trying to take out their own. I think, yeah, definitely a bit too premature. Maybe it was the reward that gave them that um, feeling of big move-itis and wanting to make that big move straight away. But yeah, with 10, there's just so many variables that still exist in the game that definitely a bit too early to make that move. And yeah, we see George have this like brainwave of instead of going for Emmett or Danny, he wants to get rid of Gerald. Now, I thought this was a brilliant move because you create 
what I like to call a circular firing squad where you've got Emmett pointing at Danny, Danny pointing at Emmett, and you're getting rid of still a, a brawn member from the opposition alliance while still ensuring that your targets are not with each other. Like they're still, they're still trying to attack each other. I mean, it's yeah. a great move. We've seen that before in US Survivor. I think Four Horsemen in Fiji was probably one of the more famous uses of the safe vote and executing it really well. And we said Gerald go home, which um, was quite a shame. I mean, clean move all around by George. I mean, he's been playing up to this up to this vote pretty well, um, jumping between alliances, and he's been going pretty well for him. I think he's been on the right side of every vote he's been on, or most votes so far, and has been putting himself in a great position while still minimizing his threat level, I mean, up to this episode. But yeah, I want to get your take on George, George this season so far. What do you think of this move and his gameplay so far? This move specifically, I think, showed a lot about George, but also the fact that people are willing to trust him for a little amount of time. And I think that's what's helping George's gameplay so much. So he has one very close ally in Kara, but then also people are willing to trust him through different relationships. And he's playing a game of switching to both sides because everyone will trust him for a vote, but then he ends up still having power. So I think George is playing a very interesting game of relationships and controlling tribes without people really knowing it. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah, definitely. He's been playing the social game pretty well in, um, yeah, having his ride or die still with him and having that option to flip back and forth while still, um, yeah, minimizing his threat level as much as possible. Once again, up to this point, we'll see how that goes further in the week's episodes, but Yep, see Gerald go home five to four to zero. What did you think of Gerald as a player? I mean, we didn't see much of him post-merge, but yeah, just how did you feel about him being cast on this season? Gerald, I thought was, he's a nice guy and he was a very strong ally, I think. He was a good person to have in your alliance. He didn't flip a whole lot. He was kept his word, but um, we didn't see much of him and he didn't do much. I thought he kind of just rode along under the Braun Alliance and didn't really do much to influence any votes. Yeah, I mean, we didn't see much of him in the edit. And yeah, some people from Jury Villa has, yeah, they were getting a bit frustrated with Gerald, especially not wanting to make a move and sticking with Braun Strong. Yeah, I think it ended up biting him a bit by being too inflexible to, I guess, flip alliances and try to form more social bonds and try to build social capital in that way. But yeah, he was a great character. I mean, first player I've seen on Survivor to really enjoy milk to the extent that he does. So, I mean, that was entertaining. <laughs> that was <laughs> very entertaining. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to touch on something as well before we jump into the next episode. And that was Flick's idol and Emmett's, I guess, persuasion of Flick to want to use that idol. Now, Flick ends up playing her idol for Emmett. And I, from my perspective, I feel like that showed, I guess, Flick's, lack of game intelligence i mean i feel like that's a bit of a bad way to put it but you don't really want to be playing an idol for someone else if you're not sure that it's necessary you know what i mean i mean like yeah so if she does play her idol for emmett assuming that emmett's going to get the majority of the votes and then danny goes home okay you saved an alliance member but you've still you're still a minority against a, a original tribe lines of brawl of brain sorry so yeah i'm not entirely sure that was the right move from Flick. I mean, hindsight, we know that it wasn't the right move because she ended up banning her idol. But what do you think of her thinking going into that 
tribal and wanting to play that idol? Well, yeah, I was like, I was a bit confused by it. Um, but I think the main thing that it showed and that appealed to me was not only how good of a social game Emmett had, but how much power he actually held in that alliance. And that's been a key thing for the last two weeks or so. But the fact that he was able to influence and pull that and able to have an idol played for him, even when it would have been a tied vote, I think shows a lot about the power he held and especially over people in his alliance. Yeah, that's for sure. I've got to agree with you there. I think I brought it up in last week's episode as well, saying how well Emmett's playing, not just physically. I mean, that's the side that we're seeing the most of in the edit, but socially he's got a really strong hold of his alliance and the way that he can influence people. So yeah, completely agree with that point on Emmett's social game. But yeah, we see Gerald go out. Sad to see Gerald go, but we move on to next episode, Monday's episode. And this was a bit of an interesting one as well. I mean, let's start off right at the top. We're going to touch on Flick's mum passing away. I mean, that was quite sad to see in the episode. Um, Yeah, really feel for Flick in that situation. But I was really surprised that she wanted to continue on in the game. I know many people, especially like Lee, we saw in All Stars, went home after his mum passed away. But yeah, Flick decided to stay out there, which was a really brave decision from her. What do you think of that? Yeah, I thought that showed a lot about Flick. And I feel like we hadn't seen a whole lot of her character during it. And I just think that decision really showed not only how courageous she is, but also how much she wanted to win for her mom. Um, and I think it showed a lot about Flick and her decision to stay. Yeah, that's for sure. Got to agree with you there. Um, she's yeah been a really resilient player so far. So uh, yeah, condolences to Flick, but well done to sticking in the game. Um, moving on to the more strategic parts of things though, we see, George now has flipped over back to the brain side and has formed a new alliance there. He's kind of left the original brawn in the dust. We see the aftermath of Danny and Emmett's attempt to blindside each other. They're not really too confident in each other now. I mean, yeah, after they've been targeting each other, they don't really seem to want to work together, which is understandable. But yeah, original brains now have the majority. And yeah, I think Braun is starting to realize now that or getting a little bit of an inkling that George isn't really on their side. I mean, he's been flip-flopping back and forth and still being able to maintain his trustworthy nature to some extent. Um, Do you think that Braun should have turned on George earlier? No, because I think it was very important for them to have George's trust, especially during the tribe spot time. And I think the fact that he could have pulled so many moves during tribe swap um, and start a merge with Kara that almost I think Braun fully trusted him and I think he played it really well to make sure of that and I think Braun just saw him as an easy number and that eventually led to them getting flipped on and I don't think they saw that coming yeah I I, I think I somewhat agree for that to that I think George has been I mean the Braun alliance already knew that George was a flip-flopper and he was a game player I think they could have I guess, highlighted him as an easy boot a bit better. Because right now from the edit and from what people have been saying in Jury Villa, George is making all the moves. And so Mm. if Braun were able to make him think that he was making the moves, I was still at least one of the Braun having that more of a driver's position. I think that could have been a way forward rather than, as we see now, George has already upset the apple cart on the Braun side and has caused them a bit of grief so far. So yeah, maybe there's a point to that in that they could have got rid of George a bit sooner. 
But nevertheless, we're here at the moment. Um, and we have this weird twist at Amindi. I mean, I've said before that I don't really like the twist that they've had so far. But this one was just weird. Like, five people at Immunity win Immunity and then four people are up for elimination. I mean, I didn't like it. What did you think of it, Noah? <laughs> I was against this because mostly for the reason that Andrew got no advantage for winning. Yeah, um, I found that I thought too. there should have been something where he held an advantage either with the vote possibly being able to save someone but having four people in a challenge that is physically demanding because the puzzle wasn't overly hard so in a mostly physical demanding challenge I don't think it was the right choice to have five people safe and four people not yeah that's a really good point as well I feel like by restricting the amount of people who can receive votes you're kind of restricting the players and you're not getting as much, I guess, strategic gameplay that you would have from the production side if it was just a regular immunity challenge. I mean, we already have a reasonable amount of numbers that there are a lot of permutations that can happen. Why would you want to mess that up, if you know what I mean? Like, I don't really get it from production standpoint and it didn't really end up, like, influencing the vote that much. Like, didn't really see a point to it. But nevertheless, things happen. We have Danny, Wei, Kara, and Laura up for elimination. And it seems like everyone wants to target Kara for some reason. I mean, like, yeah, she's an original brain. They voted her out and she went to Braun. But, like, she's still part of the original brain alliance, technically. I found it weird that they wanted to go for Kara and not Danny. Should they have gone for Danny? I thought that I think it was more on part that people were starting to realise George's gameplay. And I thought that was more of the reason to get rid of Kara. But I thought it didn't make sense, especially for Emmett to swing at Danny now, get rid of her and then move on. Because I thought that Danny poses more of a threat than Kara because all you need to do is get rid of George or Kara to get rid of one of them. Whereas Danny has some influence, you know, if you don't get rid of her now, then she's no longer on the chopping block as much. So I was, I was a bit confused by the collective choice to get rid of Kara. Yeah, I kind of see where you're coming from. I mean, like, the tribe did save Danny technically. I mean, last, last tribal council. So she is that type of person that if you drag her to the end, like, you have that knock against her. But yeah, Kara, I, I think, seemed, because she was tied to George, like you said, she seemed like a bit of a threat. And yeah, she seemed like the next person to vote out especially like with only four people up for elimination like i said before you're really minimizing the the targets and the amount of i guess gameplay that can happen with only four targets so yeah i guess that was kind of a knock to this episode yeah everyone seems unanimous on voting out kara then george ends up having his plan of his own he ends up fighting his little secret advantage his secret idol this is something we haven't seen before I mean, we've seen idols hidden at tribal council, but not one with a clue and one that um, was hidden at the at the voting booth. Um, one that is, I guess, secret and no one would know about. I really like this advantage. I mean, there's a lot of secrecy behind it. And so it kind of minimizes risk by having it at tribal council in a secret compartment under the urn. What did you think of this new advantage? I liked it. Yeah. I thought it's really interesting to add the compartment that someone was able to play an idol without anyone knowing who it was. I think it's something that if you play strategically and you play it right, it could almost advantage your game a lot because you can get rid of a threat, 
without it being on you. And I thought it was a really interesting thing for them to add. Yeah, definitely from a production standpoint, we always love to see new things pop up. It's always interesting to see new twists. It's interesting the way George played it though. So he ended up saving Kara from eight votes and told her to play her vote on Laura and he played his vote, his idol on Kara. So then Laura got voted out 1-0. Was it the right move to target Laura? Was it the right move to use his idol now? I think George made two main mistakes. And I think the yeah, right. first was not telling Kara because mm. Kara's reaction, especially to it and the way she conducted herself during and heading to tribal, I think showed a lot the fact that she didn't play it. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think George should have got rid of Laura. I don't think that made sense. Um, I do think he should have played it. I think he should try and keep Kara in the game. I do definitely think he is stronger with Kara in the game. But I think he should have got rid of Danny because I think Laura, whilst they don't have trust, Laura will probably most likely stick to that alliance. They're in power. He's gone and annoyed Andrew. And I don't think he played it all right. Yeah, completely agree. Right over to keep Kara because he's a ride or die and he's wants to keep that alliance as strong as possible. I mean, Kara's already saved him. He returned the favour and saved her this time, which is quite cool to see. But yeah, I think made the mistake of not letting Kara know that he was going to play it <laughs> because, yeah, as we see in the next episode, it kind of ended up biting him in the butt. Yeah, and then targeting Danny. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. There's no real reason to vote out Laura. I mean, we didn't really get anything from the edit to suggest that Laura was a threat to George in some way. I mean... Yeah, it didn't really seem rational to go for her, but nevertheless, she's out of the picture and George manages to, I guess, keep his number one back in the game. And things seem to be in a good position for him until we get back to camp in the next episode, episode three this week. George's cover is completely blown. I mean, <laughs> he tries to deny it as much as, as much as he can, but I mean, he does quite well. He gives Kara the idol clue, the, the key to the idol, Tries his best to actually nullify the fact that he did end up using his use his idol on Kara, but should he have just? I have not. I have an idea to this. I think he could have played it a bit better. Could have just given Kara the clue, right, and then kept the key for himself and use it as like a fake idol or some kind of fake advantage that he could use closer to the end of the game. Yeah, what do you think of that? Yes, I would. I agree with you there. I think it makes complete sense for him to give her the clue because the clue that she has she doesn't have to let people read it but she could also just say she had to leave the key there you know it's an interesting fact that George being the smart player he is wouldn't keep the key claim it as an advantage and possibly use that to strengthen his game so yeah yeah that's definitely a way that George could have played it a bit better I was also surprised that Kara was so willing to go along with this, like willing to say, yes, I used an idol and, he, and, sat, and like go along with whatever George was trying to say to appeal to Kara. I found that really strange. Um, yeah. What did you think of Kara's, I guess, decision to go ahead with it? Well, her reasoning was he saved me. So I'll do a little to help him. But I was, it was a bit confusing because I don't think it advantages her game anyway by saying that she played it for herself. But also I think the fact that she's trying to do that and I don't think she did it 
necessarily that well. I think if she wanted to say that she'd done it, you don't try and show all the evidence, you don't make it a big deal, you just walk around and you own it. And I think part of that, as well as how she acted before she had the clue, you know, it was a bit into the day before she showed it, I think shows that she could have played it better, but also I don't think she had to actually do it like that. Yeah, for sure. I think this is like the first time ever that I've seen that someone's been willing to show all the evidence for playing an advantage and playing an idol. Like it just seems so like out of, I guess, survivor character for someone to do that. But I guess that's Kara's game. That's where she's at at the moment. That's the type of player she is. So original brain seemed to have a 5-3 majority over Braun at this point with Flick, Danny and Emmett in the minority. But yeah, we see Andrew now really sus of George and he wants to flip over to Braun create this new four-person alliance along with Haley and Wei to form a six majority. I found it really strange that Andrew was so quick to flip over and was so blatant about not wanting to work with George anymore. What do you think of Andrew's move of doing this and Andrew's, like, I guess, play overall in this, in this episode? I think he was close to Laura, and I think the main thing driving him was vengeance. You know, George and Haley, but mostly George orchestrated uh, Laura. He helped out with getting rid of Joey earlier on. Um, so I think there's parts of it to the fact where Andrew wants vengeance, but I was happy to see it because up until this point, I don't think Andrew had done much. Um, I was glad to see him trying to take charge because Haley had fallen back a little. Um, and it was interesting to see him try and develop his own plan and try and put things forward himself yeah i mean it, it seemed a bit strange to me that um because i haven't seen so far andrew trying to openly trying to make a move so yeah it was interesting to see that um i found it pretty funny though towards um before tribal council andrew was taking the lead in terms of the discussions with his alliance and he had to call on way to figure out how to split the votes I'm like, yo, bro, you're on Survivor. Like, surely you know what a vote split is. But as we've seen in previous episodes, not a lot of people know what a vote split is on this season. Kara would be a prime example of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I found that pretty funny from Andrew, but he's decided to flip back over, to flip over to Braun and create a new alliance. And yeah, that leaves just George and Kara on the outs now. No one really wants to, no one wants to join up with them anymore. So it seems now that we've got a 6-2 alliance split at the moment. We're going to get into the reward challenge, and it's the famous car reward challenge. Danny ends up winning. And as some of you know, in previous Survivors, anyone who's won the car reward challenge has never gone on to win Survivor, what we call the car curse. And it seems like that's going to continue because, in my opinion, Danny's not winning this game. But <laughs> it was good to see that she ended up uh, winning the car reward. Good for her in that she chooses to take... Flick, Emmett, and Andrew to join her, I guess, showing George and Kara that, yet yeah, they're for sure left on the bottom. Was it the right move to take these three people on reward from Danny's perspective? I don't think so. I think taking Andrew was the wrong choice. I think Emmett and Flick's right to take, especially after their attempted blindsides on each other and their relationships starting to form more. I think she should have taken Haley. Um, because I think having Andrew there with Way is going to minimalize George and Kara's um, like influence. But I think leaving Haley, especially with George and Kara, 
Hayley trying to make big moves, trying to get back into things, still keep, uh, she's someone that cares a lot about her resume. So I think if she had taken Hayley, then you can more and more confidently bring Hayley on side. And I think that would have been a better choice for her. Yeah, for sure. I, I really agree with that. I was thinking the same thing, like in an ideal world, you'd want to leave one of your closest allies back at camp to keep an eye on George and Kara. Although Danny doesn't have that kind of ride or die with her or that really tight ally. Uh, yeah, I think Haley would have been the better option there. So then that gives George and Kara time back at camp to really, I guess, build bonds and go idol hunting. And yeah, gave George the opportunity to put in Haley in Wade's mind that they should come back over with him. It really puts Haley in a bit of a good spot for her. I mean, she's playing both sides. Later on, we see she's won immunity. Yeah, she's got real freedom to play this vote. So Danny's done quite well in trying to solidify that alliance on her reward. They're really targeting, I guess, George and Kara in this vote. Uh, but George and Kara managed to find an idol, which is pretty good on Kara's behalf. Like Kara found the idol, not George. Um, would Kara have played her idol on George's episode? We ended up saying that she didn't, but was that just luck? Was it strategy? What do you think? I think either they were assured by Haley and Way, um, especially after Emmett's uh, talk of Haley being the fifth person in their alliance. But also, I think it was at the point now where Kara wouldn't be willing to sacrifice her game for George. If Kara had played it for George and Way and Haley stick to the other side, Kara goes home. So I think she started to tactically think that it wasn't the actual time to sacrifice yourself. Yeah, for sure. Definitely at this point, at the end of the game, you don't really want to be sacrificing idols for no reason. Uh, cough, cough, flick. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so she Kara's ended up moving forward in this game with an idol in her pocket and a really close ally. So she seems to be in a really good spot, I guess, in the middle and not really standing out too much as a target. So we end up seeing Haley and Way looking like they're going to side with well, they're tossing up between whether they should go with George and Kara or go to the majority Braun Alliance. They end up having this conversation with Emmett, and this is where I think Emmett's game comes falling down is when he didn't take too much care in the way that he talked to Haley and Way about their position in the Alliance, and he didn't do too well in comforting them in their position. Yeah, what did you think of that? I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure you're thinking that this probably wasn't a great move by Emmett. I think, yeah, Emma got a touch paranoid. I think to reassure you don't, he was trying too hard, I think, to keep Haley, But he also never included Way in that final five. And I think that would have said a lot to Haley, especially that it's going to go Way than her. And I think he tried too hard to reassure people that he was going to take them to the end and then ended up leaving them on the outs and that's never a good thing definitely i think this is emmett's downfall definitely not the best play from him and yet like once again we see a vote split go wrong with Haley and way flipping back to george and cara causing a four to three to one pure plurality which i was extremely happy to see uh, with emmett going home there i want to touch on this split vote actually because it was split four to two with the majority but then with Haley and Way flipping over that created a 4-3-1 is there a way to play this a bit better I mean obviously they had to take into account the risk of an idol but yeah 
I, I haven't really found out, and I think Shannon Goss can agree with me on this one, there's no correct way of splitting the vote properly. What do you think of that? Yeah, because whenever you go to split a vote, you risk the fact that you then can't control being blindsided. If you agree to split a vote, it can take one vote, one person to flip to change everything. So I always think splitting the votes a danger unless it's always going to be a draw. If even if someone flips or an idol is played, I think it is too dangerous to split a vote um, because in the end, most split votes end in a blindside and someone switching because then you can take power. Yeah. It's this real paradox because splitting the vote on paper seems to be the most, seems to be the best way to take into account an idol. I mean, I don't think I've seen a safer way to do it, but if you're going to split the vote, you need to make sure that everyone, everyone is on the same page. <laughs> like if someone's wavering, if someone's not a hundred percent with you and you know, they're not, then yeah, splitting the vote probably isn't the right option. Maybe splitting the targets, probably a better option in that situation. So yeah, we see Emmett voted out four to three to one. I mean, he was a big character this season, probably one of the best challenge performers up there with Andrew this season. What do you think of Emmett's gameplay as a whole? I thought Emmett did really well. I think at the start of the game, he went into his big three lines, which fell apart. But then I think he did well to deflect it off him. Simon obviously became a big target. But come tribe swap, I think, was when Emmett started to play really well. He showed us his social game. He became especially more of a team player in the challenges to build up trust. And once he got to merge, he held a majority. And I think he did really well to orchestrate, but also have power in the game without too many people actually realizing that in his alliance. So I thought he played a good game, but ultimately his downfall was he tried a little too hard and a little too much to include everyone and make everyone feel safe. And it didn't work for him. Yeah, that's for sure. We've, we talked about earlier how he was playing such a great social game, had a really great alliance. Yeah, until that, I guess, final hurdle when he didn't really take into account the rest of the people in the tribe. But yeah, I think he was, yeah, he did. He seemed to be a bit doing a bit too much. Like he didn't need to be winning all these immunity challenges early post-merge. He could have laid low because he still had a really good social game and a really close alliance. So I think he really shot himself in the foot by being a really big physical threat because that just increased his threat level. But yeah, big threat goes home in Emmett. And now we're left with, I guess, seven, but doesn't seem like too many game players left. I mean, really only George, Haley, and Danny stand out as those big players while the rest are more so, I guess, numbers or potential goats. I don't really want to say that because that's a bit disrespectful to their game. I guess that's what the edit's showing, that we're not seeing the full extent of their their own games. But yeah, what do you think of the remaining seven? What do you think is going to happen next week? Uh, I want to see something happen uh... I want to see Wei especially. I think she needs to rise up, make a really big move. I think there's been a lot of people kind of just coasting along, especially I would say Wei, uh, Flick, and I would say Kara almost underneath George because I think George has been doing all of Kara's gameplay. And I really want to see them rise up and try, I think, get rid of Andrew next while he's so determined to get rid of George. So I think next week's a perfect time for someone to come up and play a big blindside and 
add something to their resume as you get to the pointy end of the game. Yeah, for sure. Seven is always a big vote and it's always somewhere I think in previous seasons where we've seen a big player go home. Um, I wanted to touch on something else and that was the idea of George being somewhat of a power goat. So someone that's been playing a really obvious game, someone who's been playing from the front, but I'm not too sure how much of the jury's respect he's got. Like if he's sitting in a final two, I'm not sure that he's going to get all the votes. Do you kind of see what I'm coming from? And what do you think of that perspective? Yeah, I do. I think ultimately for George to win, it would depend who he came down against. I think right now he definitely has Baden as his vote on the jury. But I think for him to actually have a chance to win the game, I think he has to go um, against a brain and not a brawn. Um, because I think he has the best resume in the game and the best record for being able to save himself and being able to rule tribes. But I think he's lost respect for his flip-flopping. And I think he needs to stay steady. And I think for him to win, he needs to take Kara to the end. Yeah, sure. That's that's interesting. I think, yeah, mainly because Kara has been voted out before and um, she's been saved is probably a reason why that makes her quite a good person to take to the end. I'm just thinking that in any other cast and if George played a similar game that would make him a really good person to take to the end um we've seen a couple power goats in u.s survivor not so much an australian survivor maybe sean sean can be seen as a bit of a power goat but yeah i think george kind of fits into that category but in this season with so many players left who from the edit haven't seemed to be done too much i think he still seems to be in a really good position to win bar Haley. i think is one of her only real competitors maybe danny if she makes it to the end as well yeah that's just something that i wanted to bring up is there anything else from these week of episodes noah that you wanted to touch on before we get into quote of the week the only thing i thought was everyone seemed to forgot and forget what happened last week uh george being a double agent seemed to slip danny's mind uh danny and emmett's blindsides went nowhere and it more yeah like you said at the start alliances just folded and it became a lot of a vengeance week and trying to get out, especially George or Kara. And I think there was quite a bit of gameplay lost as well. I think if people had built up from especially the relationships made last week, then it could have been a really interesting week. But come of that, it was a great week of flip-flopping and unusual gameplay, and it was very entertaining to watch. Yeah, that's for sure. We're definitely getting to that part of the game where players are thinking more for themselves and we're seeing a lot more fluid voting blocks and a lot more fluid alliances. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens next week. But I think it's about time in the show where we get into quote of the week. This is the part where we pick out the best quotes that we've heard in the episodes this week and try to find the best one. I've got a few nominations like we do as always. Three nominations. I want to get your thoughts on them too, Noah. What do you say to that? Sounds good. Excited to hear them. There were a lot of good quotes this week, so be fun to pick one. Awesome. Let's get right into it. So I think first one's going to come from Wayne. It was at the start of one of the episodes. I can't remember which one. Bit of a passing comment, so I don't know how many, many people picked this one up. But it goes like this. Anyone see any weird patterns in the trees? Seems like there's a woman dancing. I don't know about that, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure Wayne might be hallucinating right there. I think so, but that quote really annoyed me because I spent the rest of the episode trying to 
it's like see a dancing woman in the trees and every time they show the trees waving I'm looking and I'm forgetting things and I thought it was funny um just that that would be what you see when you're in an Australian outback and that's what catches your eye yeah it was definitely strange there <laughs> yeah, yeah. pretty sure way must have been seeing things yeah. all right Let's move on to nomination number two. This one comes from Danny from the KFC reward this week. Goes, if I could plan my wedding, it'd be just like that. Chicken and beer. Sounds like a pretty bogan wedding to me, Danny. (laughs) It sounds like an amazing wedding. Like (laughs) it'd be one of the best after parties ever. I thought it was hilarious and it just fits so well with the reward. And yeah, it just, it was very funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Funny one there from Danny. I think we'll get into our last nomination. It comes from George. Once again, he's had the most confessionals so far this season. He had quite a few this week, like always, but this one stood out to me when he's licking Danny's pocket after returning from the road. And he says, it's a combination of dirt and KFC aftertaste. Yeah. George it- being George. And yeah, that was just a bit turned me off KFC for a while after watching that. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. They're pretty starving out there. So <laughs> there's yeah, one for George again this week. Yeah. Also one that stood out. This is just another honourable mention, but it comes once again from Gerald and it was during the reward challenge. And it's when Danny's trying to stack up the blocks for the memory puzzle and Gerald from the bench is just yelling, dig deep. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> how can you dig deep when you're putting a block <laughs> on like a bench? Like it seemed the most out of context thing. I mean, Gerald just being competitive, but it seemed pretty funny to me that... Oh, he got so into it that he was yelling dig deep at such a non-eventful part of the challenge. <laughs> I thought I thought it was brilliant as well. We're sitting there and they're rowing, um, pulling back, trying to remember yeah. the pattern. And they go past Gerald and shouting, come on, come on, dig deep, come on. And my mom just goes, what is he doing? He's trying to remember something. This <laughs> was yeah. oh, so very interesting. So funny. Uh, but yeah, we have our three nominations this week for Code of the Week. We've got Wyatt, Danny, and George. Who do you think should win this week, Noah? I think I'd have to give it to Danny because Danny I just think week. it showed, I think it was funny and it just showed a lot. And it, it is the perfect wedding that no one would go to. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that quote from you, Noah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> All right, well done to Danny for that one. I think that's her first one for this season. I think we've got a couple of people who've only won one quote of the week each, and I think George is sitting on two so far. So George is still in the lead. I mean, I think everyone saw that coming, given that he's <laughs> had the most screen time. But George is still not in the surprising. lead. Not surprising. Yeah, not surprising at all. Um, but that brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Debutante Report. And thanks so much, Noah, for being here this week. What's coming up for you this week, Noah? Nothing much, just more online school and trying to stay focused. (laughs) Yeah, that's it, mate. We're all in lockdown at the moment. And I don't know about you, but online classes have really been taking a toll. So at least we've got Survivor to keep us all sane. So keep on keeping on, I say to that. All right. And thanks to you for listening at home as well to another episode of the Debutante Report. Really appreciate you guys make it all the way to the end of another podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Debutante Report. And also on Twitter at Debutant Report. And let me know if you've agreed or disagreed with anything that Noah have and I have said in this podcast. It'd be great to get your opinions as well. 
Um, but yeah, thanks again, Noah, for being on the podcast. And we'll see you guys next week for week seven of Australian Survivor Brains versus Braun getting to the pointy end of the season. Hope to catch you guys next week then. We'll see you guys later. Bye.